John, were you in any other bands? Um, I've been in a few bands. None of them did anything worthwhile. Okay, um, I was just curious. Yeah. All short-lived from character flaws <laughs> and commitment issues. He was in Zayas for five minutes. <laughs> but, like you said, commitments and character flaws. This is the latest entry in the Diary of Doom. I am Dylan, and join me as we look back on the rich history of doom metal and its sister sounds based on the recounted tales of its followers. Every week, we'll have a different guest to spin their yarn. You can visit the website at diaryofdoom.com, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, follow the podcast on diaryofdoom.podbean.com, and subscribe and listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you have a question, like why is there so much traffic, you can email me at Oh my god, it's always the wrong time to do these in person. You can fire up an email to diaryofdoom1968 at gmail.com and let me know the uh, the worst and best traffic times of Brooklyn. And uh, subscribe and listen to our uh, playlist on Spotify as well. Uh, joining me for this week's chapter is Brooklyn local band Clothesline. And, and we've got Davis who plays bass and does backup vocals. You might know him from Reign of Zayas as well as End of Hope. Uh, previous guest Ken Woolrob and him are bandmates in that band. Uh, Jake, who's in band, and John, who has been in some things, <laughs> but preferred not to comment on them. So thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. <clears throat> uh, you, as, as we were talking before, we're, actually like one of the last shows I saw and that was the last show that you saw and played right yeah yeah we played with um Lightmaker at uh, yes the Footlights in Ridgewood and that was that was on uh the February 28th February 28th leap year last year exactly and then right. we leapt into a horrible year <laughs> leapt into Armageddon <laughs> um but now that I'm out here in Brooklyn it kind of just made sense uh to uh you know get together and, and chat with everybody. Also a uh, new addition to the band is a Dave Richmond, who is just a drummer in everything. Yep. The, in my opinion, one of the best drummers ever. ever. <laughs> but like, so like leading up to all that though, um, what are your guys' experiences with music? Do you guys have musical backgrounds or was it just something that you kind of picked up on your own, found later in life? I mean, I, I grew up early listening to metal. Know, in the late 70s and 80s listening to Sabbath and Maiden and Priest and Dio and ACDC and all the you know my first real concert unsupervised was Dio and Twisted Sister nice and supervised was Triumph and Molly Hatchet so I've you know 
been listening to music forever. Me anyway, that's it. And then I, when uh, glam metal started happening, I was more into the... That's the, that's the helicopter coming to take Davis yep, away. Yep. Watching my back. But, uh, yeah, when, when glam metal and hair metal started, it wasn't my thing, and so I started listening to hardcore and punk rock. So, I when I was a kid, I used to uh, walk around with a with a doll, and I would strum it like a guitar. <laughs> Wait, a, a doll? Yeah, like a, I got a little Barney doll, and I would strum it like oh, a okay. guitar. When my dad would, would put on like the Rolling Stones. You needed a lot more detail there. I was like, this could go in a lot of directions. Yeah, no. Yeah, so I was like four years old, and I used to strum a doll like it was mm-hmm. a guitar. Like my dad would always, he had like a cassette tape of like a bunch of classic rock stuff. So whenever he put that on, like I didn't know what I was listening to, but I just like, like just had to do that. And then like I kind of fell off of music because I had two older sisters. So I was listening to a lot of like, like boy bands and a mm-hmm. lot of like, just a lot of crap. But I, I didn't have any other influences. And then one day I just heard Queen and, uh, and Sabbath and I changed my life. And then like around 17, that's probably when I started getting into like singing. Mm. I heard, uh, heard Love, Hate, Love by Allison Chains and I was like, yep, I want to do that. Right on. Yeah. I and mean, then I just, that was it for me. Oh, I had a cousin that turned me on to Kiss when I was like a little kid and like, it just I just went down the rabbit hole from there. And just any bands with like good guitar playing I've been into, so yeah. Kiss, one of two of the most often talked about bands on this podcast. <laughs> Them and Metallica. We actually have the spirit of seventy six KISS poster hanging in our in the rehearsal studio. A little influence little inspiration. So like alright, so you were into metal and then you all kind of found your way there just as it goes for pretty much anybody. Do you all have a specific album that you would say just like changed your perspective on everything? For me, it was Facelift by Allison Chains. Yeah, the album rules. Yeah, that, that album changed my fucking life. Like, it changed the way I looked at singing, how I looked at music, and just, and from there, I just wanted more shit like that, and I wanted to make shit like that. Different genres, there's, you know, I don't have one. Sp- right. I think, like, you know, I would say, like, we sold our souls for rock and roll. Right. I had that when I was young, and that was, like, it scared the shit out of me, but also intrigued me. Mm-hmm. And I think that was maybe, you know, I know it's not, a, it's a compilation album, but that, that was one that I got on vinyl as a kid that I still have that changed my perspective on things. Um, I can't really say for sure. Maybe, like, you know, Iron Maiden, you know, I think somebody got me like the Live After Death tape and I was just like, it was like cassette tape and I just, I wore that thing down, man. <laughs> That's awesome. The best Iron Maiden track is Mission from Ori. Is that the one where they play the prank on uh, Steve Harris? They put the recorder in there and like something, there was a big fight and they just recorded this very long fight between between Steve Harris and Nico about drummer like he something got fucked up and he was all mad and it's just about five minutes of them yelling at each other and they're just like getting more and more angry and angry angry and then finally they realize what's going on and steve harris goes some cunts recording this (laughs) it's awesome (laughs) so how did the band come together i mean you all come from different backgrounds like uh, not backgrounds but like you all come from different bands all kind of like local in the new york area 
and you know there's just like a lot of uh you know I, maybe like the nicest way of of talking about incest which is like the metal scene is very incestuous it's just people go like oh i drummed for them for a while and then i did this this, this, goes, this goes farther back jake and i have been friends for like 25 almost 30 years okay somewhere in between 25 and 30 um we're originally from the same area in connecticut okay and uh i've been you know we've he was in a band called gasoline therapy that uh a couple bands Reina Zayas used to play with uh the band murica i was in before that used to play with gasoline therapy they used to come down here and play we would go up to connecticut and play we played up in massachusetts with those guys and you know we've jake's a tattoo artist he's done a lot of tattoos on my body so mm -hmm. Um, he's done the Planet of the Apes mural on my back. Oh, wow. <laughs> you don't have to show me. I... Uh, yep. <laughs> well, well, I'll, I'll leave my clothes on today for this, for this interview. This is the first date. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> but, uh, no, we, we've been really good friends. We've, you know, and he recently, within the last couple of years, was moving to Jersey. Mm. And he hit me up and was like, hey, you want to start, you want to play some music? And he was the primary songwriter in band. And was like, you know, I have all this stuff. And when he started playing with me, we just started it, started folding so easily that we were like, fuck it, we'll just write new stuff. Right. And it just, we, we spit riffs out. It's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was nice working with you. Like, you know, I usually just like write stuff by myself, but it was easy to write stuff with you. So. Yeah. And you, you know, we come up with changes that maybe the other one wouldn't think about or, you know, that's, that's the beauty about collaborating with somebody, you know, it's, I could write songs all day in my house, mm -hmm. but I'll always go to a same chord progression or I'll right. always go to a same way pattern that I that I play in the over and over and over. And I'm all, and, and I'm a limited guitarist, limited keyboardist, limited, right? You know, I don't play drums. So, so yeah, yeah. No, I I you know I can do fake drum beats and stuff right. like that, but it, but they all sound like fake drum beats. But it's all gonna sound like my stuff. Right. When you collaborate with somebody, it's, it, it, it grows and it blossoms. And then working with John is, we got together and, and you know, I, Jake and I were trying to sing originally. Mm -hmm. We were just trying to do a power trio with me and him on vocals. Right, right, right. And we had Brian on drums. And just the way we were writing the songs, it was, it was challenging for Jake and I to, to sing while playing. And I... I remembered from like a year or two earlier, I received an email when we were looking for a singer for Zayas, and it was John. And I always kept that email in my back pocket. Mm -hmm. So, cause unfortunately, we had, well, not fortunately for Zayas at the time, we had found a singer. Right. Also, I got uh, Renee that you saw the Halloween show. Right. So, um, yeah, so he had started, and I just emailed him. I was like, hey, man, sorry, we got a new singer. Um, I'll let you know if anything comes up. And like a year and a half later, I emailed him. I'm like, hey, man, you may not remember me, but uh, we're looking for a singer. And I sent him a couple riffs that we had, that we were working on, and he was like, hell yeah, man, I'll, be, I'll come down. Tell me about that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, musically, we just fit like a glove. You know? The rest is history. Yeah. So, like, you know, given that you're... A relatively new band you know just been around for like a couple years now at this point like just sort of like right yeah yeah about two years two two and a half maybe late 2018 yeah, yeah late we, we got i remember we got together like november december 2018 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, so do you have, you know, given that it's like kind of a, you know, relatively new, do you have any like good band touring show stories from like your other outfits that, you know, it's kind of like, well, I will remember not to ever do that again. Well, I, I have one from this outfit. Oh, well, perfect. <laughs> we played up in uh, up at Altones, we, up in Jewish City, where they do the uh, okay. New England Stoner Doom Fest. Yes. Uh, we, we played up there with um, Sentinel Hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were coming home, pouring that night, and we were driving back to the city, like two in the morning going through like Stanford or something like that this BMW starts passing us and then slowing down and passing us and then all of a sudden we see the BMW go flying past us it starts hydroplaning picks up turns sideways slams into the guardrail spins 360 degrees in front of us and slams into the other guardrail on the other side of the parking lot or on the other side of the highway meanwhile I'm screaming bloody murder John was about to fall asleep in the back <laughs> Brian's in the passenger seat like ah! <laughs> and that's like chunks of car yeah yeah the car just the car just exploded this dude's dodging it he's dodging he's like turning the wheel to dodge fucking in torrential downpour Uh yeah Yeah. and and the fucked up thing is that wasn't the second accident we had that or we were witness to that night from someone driving like an asshole around us on the way up in new haven someone came flying past us at a red light and slammed into a nurse the back end of a nurse's car well, she was on her way to work. She's probably like, you're lucky that you're not hurt, because yeah. fuck you. <laughs> yeah, and so, so at that time, Brian was like, the the takeaway from this is don't fuck with Dave when he's going to play a show. When he's driving to, his, to and from his show. <laughs> don't fuck with me. I remember one time driving down to Maryland, and we just drove... There was a bunch of traffic, and we just saw this car completely immolated. And I was like, "Well, there's probably a couple of dead people in the there Kind of, kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever like? Did that? You know what happened to the car? You just keep going? No, I just kept going because it happened literally so close to us. If I had stopped, I would have already been a quarter of a mile down the right. highway. So there was no <laughs> sense. I wasn't slamming on my brakes. I was just like, took my foot off the gas. I was like, just keep, keep, watch forward. Don't hit them. Or their parts. Jesus. Well, good thing Clothesline survived that. Yeah, and I got home at 5 in the morning, and I was so wide awake. (laughs) So I remember I got a t-shirt from you guys, and I put it on, and I, uh, my girlfriend looked at that and was like, is that Macho Man Randy Savage? And I was like, I think it is. And she's like, oh, that's awesome. She's like a big wrestling fan, and she's turned me on to it more recently so like and obviously the your band name is clearly taken from the wrestling move a clothesline so like my girlfriend she's often remarked that wrestling and metal and and like rock and roll have a lot of similarities in terms of like fandom it's very niche it's very culty it's very dedicated and they're both like incredibly goofy but like super serious like they also also cross over yeah and there's a ton of crossover uh, chris jericho and fozzy yeah You know, and then what, like, uh... There's a new dude on AEW, CM, Malachi Black. CM Punk yeah, CM is using Punk. Living Color as their, uh... Mm-hmm. As, as his come-out music, you know. But, 
I think that there's definitely a lot of crossover. In oh, and the Misfits, uh, right? Like Jerry, oh, right. Jerry was in like WCW yep. or something. Like that. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Oh, and the, uh, the Juggalos. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, there forget you go. them. <laughs> you <can> forget them. <laughs> yeah. The, I, you know, and and we grew up watching the, the you know WrestleMania one. Right. WrestleMania two. You know, I. I'm, all that stuff. I had the wrestling buddies. I still have my Iron Sheik wrestling buddy. Right? It's something that's amusing to us and also, you know, some part of our... Obviously, I like cultural references in my music. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I know people always just seem to come around to good old Macho Man Randy Savage. Sure. Who are your favorites just in terms of wrestling? Who do you think had the best intro? doesn't have to be a metal I mean, one either. Growing up, I loved Snooka. Okay, I'm still kind of new to this, so you All might right. have to fill me in. Jimmy, on Jimmy Superfly Snooka. Okay, Jimmy Superfly. And you know he he was big, you know, jumping off the top ropes, and he was very savage, kind of. Mm-hmm. I like the heels too, like Big John Stud. Yeah, there's so many good wrestlers that had great entrances. And yeah, you know, Sting, kind of, you know, Sting was one of those guys. Yeah. You know? I like Sting. He's fun. He's fun on AEW because he's just like a brick. Like he just waltzes it. He's so big and like so arthritic, <laughs> you know. And I'm just like, damn. I just feel bad when they throw him down because I'm like, no, he's old. Like be nice to him. <laughs> but he was great on the Nintendo, uh, the original Nintendo wrestling game. That he was on. Were you a wrestling fan growing up? I wasn't like. I've never been like super knowledgeable on wrestling, but there was like a period in elementary school where I loved it. I yeah, was watching it all the time. Yeah, I have friends who still just like love it all the time. But yeah, Adobe has been good. I've been really enjoying it. If you could have a wrestler to represent Clothesline, who would it be? I'd be Piper. Oh, uh, Body <laughs> Piper? I don't know. Though. I don't know. It's t- that's tough. Man. That's really tough. I mean, because we got that that Luchador mask symbol, I think like Rey Mysterio or something. Luchasaurus on AEW, maybe? Lucha Brothers? Piper was pretty rad, though. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to say. I'd say George the Animal Steel. Ooh, I like where you're going with this. <laughs> Just because he looks, he's a beautiful man. Yeah, yeah. The furry back. He's, yeah, he's, he's nice. turnbuckles, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just found out about him <coughs> over the weekend. That was his thing. He like destroyed the turnbuckle yep. and, and then he would like slam that. your face into it. <coughs> yeah, I think he always had like a blue tongue or something too. Yeah, you know? green, green, green. Tongue, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I I came up during like some of the the you know watching the even before that I had an uncle that was into the old stuff with like the haystack. Uh, what's his face? And, oh, like, and, like a moon dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, Who Dog Rex and Spot. Yeah, the, and and it was so brutal and raw then. And then it like, I, when, yeah, I mean, when McMahon came, <coughs> in, he just he just like polished it and Motowned it. Even then, though, like I remember watching it at my friend's house, and he was a big WWE fan. And I was like, damn, this shit is like brutal. Like now, you can kind of tell that it's um, it's a little bit more. Um, I mean, it's a lot more managed. And like it's, you can kind of tell there's a lot more like communication and like stage, you know, acting and whatnot. Yeah, showmanship. Yeah, yeah. You know? Choreography. 
So like, you know, when someone bleeds, they bleed, but it's not like, I remember seeing stuff back in there and like, God, that is insane. I have my, like, my, I guess, there's different, there's different camps of wrestling and there used to be, you know, back years and years and years ago, it was like ECW was the yeah, yeah. really brutal stuff where there were like barbed wires and, and dude, and, you know, and yeah, and dudes jumping off balconies yeah. and stuff like that. And breaking themselves on, on plywood and then there, you know, then there was the WWF at the time when, you know, no, no offense to the World Wildlife Federation, <laughs> but there was there was that which was the Vince McMahon kind of vehicle, and that was more of like the the glam and the flash and the polished production, glitz, the budget, and and it, you know, I I, I think like if, if you go if you go to like old soul music, and you think it's kind of the difference between. Uh, like Stax Records and right. Motown. Right, right, right. Like right, right. Mo- Stax was the grit and was where the real like sick players were, and Motown was more like the glitz and the spins and the yeah. To make it, I guess, to like for like a metal parallel, it'd be like old relapse versus like metal blade. You know? Yeah, kind of yeah. like that. Exactly. Don't mind me. <laughs> He's looking for something. Yeah. I'm something but i seem to have left them in my space well anyway we'll get back to like actual talking about music and not just like turn this into a wrestling podcast um so like what do you guys have in the works like right now are you doing any studio time recording i mean we're obviously recording this before you were practicing also it's kind of hard to find you guys online you don't have a lot of material out there (laughs) no we don't we don't because like you know again we're relatively new and and we were together for a little over a year before the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And we went in the studio. We went right? in the studio the right like Friday the thirteenth, twenty twenty. Should have just been like, nah. Let's just hold off. But no, we, <laughs> we were optimistic. We went in and you know we we, we recorded a handful of songs. We're probably gonna release a few of them, but. You know, we, we then went into lockdown after that, and we didn't play together for over a year, almost a year and four or five months. And when we got together, um, Jake and John and myself, Brian moved back to Boston, and so Jake, John, and myself started getting together at Jake's out in Jersey, just doing, um, you know, guitars and vocal jams. And we started writing all new stuff, and it just started flowing really easily and then uh you know it's also kind of it's also kind of like a lot different from the stuff we actually record yeah right 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 but yeah it feels like you know we, i mean we, we spent some time together as a band like trying to figure out our writing style and how we work together and i think we like we started to dial that in now so the new stuff will probably reflect that a little mm, bit more yeah you trying to channel any kind of specific sounds you know you kind of have like a blend of like rock and like with but like on the heavy riff side you know i wouldn't call, quite call it you know exactly like stoner metal or anything like that yeah i mean i know for both john and i we both love like the the alice in chains stuff that, yeah you know like <clears throat> dirt and jar flies and mm-hmm. that stuff is so heavy but beautiful and so that's what we're trying to that's what we're trying to achieve and i you know not to speak for jake but he said just going for more cleaner tones, and, mm-hmm. and I'm playing a different sound than I've than I've played before. I'm playing with less effects and less uh, less growl in the bass, so a little mm-hmm. bit cleaner. 
Yeah, I think it's like we're kind of like focusing on like more vocal melody mm-hmm. type thing this time around. Yeah, a little, a little more complex. We're like heavy, but very laid back. Right. Very, very, <laughs> it's very laid back grooves, but with a nice cutting edge, mm. I would say. Slow burn rock and roll. Yeah. Dad rock. The new dad rock. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, I guess so, yeah. If any of you are dads. <laughs> uh, one. None. Not me. Uh, one dad rock. Not that I know of. Well, actually, though, speaking of, and you talked about it before, your your one dad in the group, Dave Richmond, man of many fucking drum kits. I mean, the dude is like New York's Dale Kroger, practically. Like, he's just in all these... But he's a drummer. That's the rule, That's right? That's the rule, right? Like, you have, you to, have be, to be in at least... I think I think the like, minimum to live here is five projects. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen Dave before in um, Witch Tate. Saw them at Vitus... Uh, December, <coughs> December 2019, and that was rad. And like, yep. yeah, dude's great, super yeah, talented. He, he's playing with, uh, he plays with Netherlands now. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. And that's a weird band, that a cool a, band, but a weird wild. band. I actually wild. checked them out yesterday. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, it's fucking weird. It's really strange, yeah. yeah he, but it's he, pretty cool. He, yeah, it's an interesting mix. Yeah. So, it's cool, man, you know? And... It's the thing. I'm, I'm the same way. I want to play in as many projects as I can. Whatever I can do, I'm, I want it to be out there. I just want to play. Right on. Well, I was thinking of a follow-up question to that. How, like, how did you rope Dave into the mix? Is it just like, just by knowing people in the scene and whatnot? Yeah. I mean, and we'll because you, your bandmates in. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, Brian moved. Like I said, Brian moved back to Boston, and. We wanted somebody local, mm-hmm. just somebody that we, you know, we could have that would be a practice on a regular basis. And never, and I had end of hope practice one day, and after practice, we were just hanging out. And I said, "Hey, you know, Ken had asked me if I wanted to do this show." This, speaking of, for those that don't know, there's a show coming up with uh, Kind Geezer and Eternal Black. Yes, there is. So Ken asked if if Clothesline wanted to do this show. And I was like, yeah, we do. And because th- we were writing new material and, and I just said yes. And I just asked Dave if he wanted to, to sit in for the show. And he was like, yeah, I'll do it. And so it's, it's progressed from there. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing him down the line in the lineup. You guys been listening to anything lately that's really uh, stood out to you? I've been listening to. Uh, been listening to this fight. <laughs> I've been listening to KK's Priest, which is that new album. Oh, KK, KK Downing's <laughs> version of it. Yeah, with Timur Perella. <coughs> because he's there's some there's some uh, some drama going on in the yeah. Judas Priest camp. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually I've always liked Timur Perella, so I'm happy that they got together and they're doing some classic metal stuff because mm-hmm. I'm always looking for shit like that, but I need it to be good. So I, I, I don't get to hear too much of that nowadays. So, you know, seeing them play, mm-hmm. hearing them play, it's, it's great for me. Digging into a lot of old stuff that I missed when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, now that I have accessibility to all this kind of music, I've been trying to get into the, like, you know, deeper stoner stuff, like getting into Cactus and getting mm-hmm. into, like... Like the proto-metal. Even, like, Uriah Heap and yeah. stuff like that. and. You know, just trying to expand my knowledge and expand where all this, you know, all the stuff I like kind of came from. And 
you know, trying not to, I don't know, just a lot of old stuff. Um, nothing really in particular comes to mind, you know, I just throw some Spotify on and, you know, whatever, whatever comes on or whatever weird stuff we listen to at work, you know. Mm-hmm. I think what I've been listening to, I'll just go with Rob Zombie because that's playing in the background right now. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you want to plug, you know, let people know about? Obviously, you got the show. I'll see if we can get this out before the show. When's the show again? It's uh, uh, October? October 23rd. October 23rd, and, so next uh, week. Can I say the place? Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Uh, Arrogant Swamp in Bush. Yes, plug in there for you coming up. Um, yeah, so that, and, uh, and keep your ears out for music yeah, somewhere down the line. Yeah, we're probably going to put out a raw, EP, you know, fairly raw EP, which is our, early, you know, the early stuff that we wrote pre-pandemic. And then, uh, you know, we're hoping to get a couple more songs down. We have a, a live set now anyway, mm-hmm. we're hoping to get a couple more songs to be able to do another, maybe a full length. Awesome. And, uh, where can people find you if they're so inclined? What is it? Clothesline NYC? Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah that's that's at Instagram. Bandcamp. Bandcamp, I think, is, is yeah, also the same. Clothesline NYC.bandcamp.com. Clothesline NYC. Uh, Instagram. And Clothesline NYC. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate you taking the time of your day, letting me encroach on your uh, pre rehearsal activity here, your oh, little uh, ritual. No Tacos welcome. and beer. We're out. We're outside Lucky 13, you know, just in case uh, anyone was wondering where all the rack was coming from. Check out Clothesline, and that'll do it for this chapter of the diary. Oh
Telltale.